1: Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Joining me, as always, is my good friend and partner in crime, Rob Langevin. Now, I, uh, off the jump, Rob, have to apologize to you, to the people listening to this at home or in their cars or or planes, any other mode of transport (laughs) about last week's show so last week we always intended on recording on the Wednesday after all the Champions League matches uh to talk about who had played too much turned out not many players played too much Uh, most of them ended up playing at the weekend the Champions League players but that Wednesday Tottenham Hotspur uh beat the Spanish club Real Madrid in the Champions League and in my gusto yelled and chanted so much (laughs) that I did not have a voice to do the show so uh, I fully come clean on that. That is all my fault. If you were like, where's our fantasy advice, and then you had a horrible weekend, that's on me. Feel free to make voodoo dolls, throw like darts at it, or pins, or whatever. That's my bad. So Rob, as the voice of the people,
2: I would like to apologize to you as well um, for for my <laughs> you know, crimes. You don't ever have to apologize to me, Kev, because we're friends. Friends don't apologize for, for simple stuff like this. But <laughs> you ru- Basically, you ruined Christmas is basically what, what you're did. trying to admit. You, you ruined Christmas! <laughs> Which, and for a lot of people, that's, that's the belief that Fantasy Premier League is the end-all, be-all. But for right now, it is, because that's what we're here to talk about, and that's why you're here to listen. Right, that's and, basically uh, our job. Yes, yeah, to so, talk to you about
1: fantasy, and then I didn't. So that's that's uh, my bad. And uh, props to Rob for sneaking in this recording before he jet sets off to uh, an undisclosed city because I don't want to m- mention it in case people show up and they like flock to yeah, you, like when it, the Beatles came to
2: America and stuff. I'm gonna have to sign too many autographs down in Nash, Vegas. You know. Um, oh, now there. you
1: said where it is. <gasps> oh my God! Oh, I no. ruined it. They're gonna get all the uh,
2: fantasy pod groupies. <laughs> Oh, oh no <laughs> oh no <laughs> that's all right but yeah I, I am heading off to to nash vegas if anybody's familiar yeah good you should go there it's gonna be fun yeah if anybody that listens to this is in nashville uh, hit us up see uh yeah you know, absolutely I'll be, why not? we'll meet up for a for a beer and yeah. it, it'll be on your dime it'll be on you of course <laughs>
1: Uh, fantasy advice for beer is always a fun trade um (laughs) apologies now out of the way um there have been developments in fpl since we last spoke to to the folks at home uh and that is manchester city have continued to be ridiculous but specifically leroy sané has just been absolutely insane what is it now five goals four assists in his last five matches if memory serves yeah, he's. um it's just absolutely bonkers what he's been doing. And oh, it's uh, three goals, three assists in the last five. And then if you go back to six, there's another goal and two assists, only two blanks uh, since he started starting. Um So here's here's a big question for you, Uh because a lot of people owned David Silva because he was basically what? getting assists every week at the start of the season. Right. So that made sense. He's been he's still been doing fairly well. Uh, He still chips in with assists every now and again. He had the goal a few weeks back. Um, But with the development of Sané, we mentioned weeks ago that Kevin De Bruyne's creation stats were starting to surpass David Silva's. Now they've wholly surpassed them. If you have David Silva, are you willing to just hold on to him for now? Or would you rather move off him? And if you were to move off him, would you do so to another City player? Well,
2: the funny thing about... about David uh, David Silva is that he's just been passed by Leroy Sane in total percentage owned. Sane is now owned in twenty four point seven. Silva is in in the twenty twos. So from that standpoint, it's it's interesting to think about that. The returns of David Silva, yes, they've been you know they're not they haven't been mercurial like Leroy and Sane in the membrane have been, but, <laughs> but
1: in Sane in the membrane.
2: Yeah, but they they've been ample. So yes, you're getting. Re- a decent returns. You know, Silva has 61 points on the year, Sane 73. So from that standpoint, Sane is outscoring him by 12 points over, you know, and this is the coming up will be game week 12. So if you can do the math, that's basically Just one point a game. week, Yeah. you know? Um, so the, the point I want to, I want to stress on here is if, if one of the players, Sane De Bruyne or David's were an ownership differential, which they're really not. Kevin De Bruyne is owned in 20%, which is still less than David Silva. But the pr- there's price tags involved in this. You can't just go by, you know, ownership. You know, De Bruyne is at 10.1, Sané 8- 8.9, Silva 8.5, and Sterling has to get thrown in this or he- He's 8.2. Um, but th- the time to pivot off of him is all predicary off of what your roster is. Yes, his price tag is middle of the road. It's less than Sané. So if you're not a Sané owner right now, you're probably buying it at a higher price than you know than you. Obviously, than what Silva is because he's priced higher. So, you if you bought into Sana weeks and weeks and weeks ago when he was probably about the same as David Silva, then that makes more sense than to just pivot off of him because you're not losing that much with the transfer rate because you only lose point two at a max there. So, basically, the whole thing I'm looking at here is if you're going to switch off of you know David Silva because you're not happy with his returns, which he's still giving, but just not in the abundance that others are. Just I'd pro- I would say look for differentials, but there isn't any anymore with the, with the city players. And kind of with Sane's returns, you kind of have to right now. Um, I, I wouldn't be shy to do it myself. I am a Silva owner, and I don't own Sane. So I mean, from that standpoint, yeah, I'm looking clearly at Leroy Sane and hoping that you know the the rotation schedule and the Champions League games that are up forthcoming. Um, hopefully, he clears the international break clear, you know, clean and healthy, and you know. But yeah, I mean. It, there 's nothing about the differentials anymore with the city city midfielders and and usually that is the case when i 'm talk- talking about ownership, especially when you know someone 's not doing well, but someone else on the team is doing well so there 's no differential there, but since there isn 't you basically have to go for the for the uh, accumulation of points and Sane is just is just the meat and potatoes there right now mm.
1: yeah, I definitely agree um, <laughs> that sane 's been doing much better also do have Silva. Uh, I'm honestly thinking about shifting down to avoid this price change. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, <clears throat> maybe down to somebody like Richarlison, who I've yet to bring in. Um, and then just hold on to that money and then see if I want to upgrade my forward or re-upgrade there. Um, but it's, it's a tough one right now. Uh, over the last five matches, guess where Silva is in Chances Created? mm. Fifty first. <laughs> that's drastic. Thirty three. But all no, of the other true. city players we're talking about have more. And for somebody that's supposed to be a creator is not really a goal threat. That's that's yeah. definitely a concern. While we're on this topic, because <laughs> I don't I don't know if people will remember this far back, but um, the the first international break, uh, I e wildcarded and brought in the five players with the most chances created at that point in the season. The only mm-hmm. other remnant from that. Uh, midfield for me is Christian Erickson, who is only thirtieth in chances created over the last five. So a little bit of the yeah, shifting and, of the tides there for those creative players.
2: And, and it's funny now because when you look at look at Spurs and their Spurs upcoming schedule, Kevin, you're being the Spurs, you know, cosmonaut mm-hmm. here. Um, you know they have <laughs> Arsenal. Okay. They have Arsenal, West Brom, Leicester, Watford, their next four. Mm-hmm. Um, with Della Ali sitting out the last week, with the international break now up, Ericsson is going to be clearly, you know, probably going to be playing in some. Um, you know, Ali and Ericsson, uh, Kane, are, are they're not on the English team, so that's probably a good thing. But are you trusting a Spurs midfielder going forward, you know, with Ericsson's price tag what being what it is, with Ali's price tag what it is, comparatively to what it is across the midfield FPL universe? If I had Ali, I'd probably be comfy
1: sitting still just because he, he seems to be rounding into form finally after a, a pretty slow start to the season. Erickson is a little more concerning. He, he a, a, true to form for Erickson, has already had his high point uh, this season um, with, with the start he had. Then he kind of hit a rough patch form wise. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, neither of those were too heinously reflected in fantasy. Because He's only gone two straight matches without points the last two weeks, yeah. Um, so he's still been like putting in uh decent fantasy results, and they've largely been more goals than assists, which is surprising for him. Um, but at nine, what is he at now? not oh man, nine seven. Uh, that man, that is high. Mm-hmm. Oof. I mean, I, I'm not really worried about the Arsenal match. I mean, people with uh shorter memories than long will think of Tottenham as being very successful against Arsenal in years past. Um, But, I mean, West Brom can be tough defensively. Watford are actually just good now, but the defense is suspect. So I I wouldn't be shifting off them because of matchup, but if you want to shift off them because of price, I wouldn't begrudge you it. Um, But of the two, I'd rather hold on to Ali than hold on to Ericsson.
2: Yeah, I think that the long-term... You know, future is better looking. Like you said, I, I think if you hit the nail right on the head when you said we've already experienced the first Erickson peak in the first quarter of season of the season so far. Yes, there's going to be probably one, maybe another one, follow down the road. But it's a 38 games, you know, 38 week season. So we we got to basically either sit on sit on our hands and and hope that you know the points you know stagnate and or come to a point and go back up again, or we can hope and pray that you know that Ali is you know going to pick up the slack in between. That's, that's one of the biggest, biggest things in, in in FPL is when, when to pivot off a guy, especially when, you know, a a guy such as, such as Eric is such a, a, talisman for, for fantasy points that he can get you, you know, the assists and the goals and the points, good return. but, when is a time to punt off of him to uh, an equally as good option on his own team? It's almost very similar to what what's going on with City. You know, mm-hmm. it's you know when when to jump off the ship and jump on on another ship before it sinks, and then jump back off of it and jump onto another ship. It, it's t- it's tough because you know there's all, there are allegiances here, and you know there's history involved in this because Erickson is a uh, you know a bona fide you know FPL point returner, mm. and you know Ali you know does have the the injury thing, but I don't think that's a bother. Yeah, he but, should be fine. And people maybe maybe soured on Ali because he didn't really give them the ample amount of returns that they expected coming into the year. You know, Del Ali came into the season more owned than Ericsson. I think he believed. I think he started the season as the most owned midfielder in the FPL mm-hmm. for the first week. So I mean, that's a telling, telling stat that people have jumped off of his bandwagon, and he's still owned in twenty percent. Granted, you know how, how many of those are dead teams, and and. That adds uh, 22% to total, percent
1: but, are dead teams. Uh, not of his yeah. ownership, but just total yeah. for,
2: for those wondering. 22%. So one, basically one million players in this are dead teams. Yeah. But that, that doesn't add to the people making double teams and trying to monopolize and getting True. the high score and do that stuff because it does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, it, I mean, you, listen, if you have Erickson, you're probably going to stick with him unless you feel the, the, uh, the, the emergency to... To jump off and grab somebody of equal or you know greater value, but there really isn't that many greater values because if you look at the Erickson point returns, sixty-three on the year, it's only ten less than the highest most in the Premier League right now, which is Leroy Sané at seventy-three. Mm. So, I mean, you're not really downgrading that much, just yeah. beside, just based based on uh you know dollar dollar price point is basically what you're you're missing out on.
1: Yeah, I, I thought your your point that uh, Ericsson will probably refine form again is a is a great one. Because in past seasons, Erickson has been in the eights in price. And Mm -hmm. when you're in the eights and you're having those uh, hills and valleys, it's a lot easier to just ride through with them. But he's almost at 10 right now. Um, And and I just think it's hard to carry him through that stretch. If if he blanks against Arsenal, I would not have a problem with with dropping him. I I honestly wouldn't have a problem with you dropping him now if, if there's somebody else you wanted to target. like If you, for some reason, only had one city midfielder right now and wanted to bring Sané in... I think to mm-hmm. Dessani is a perfectly acceptable thing to do. Um, I, I wouldn't
2: I honestly wouldn't be surprised if before the next game week kicks off with Arsenal on the on the slate and people are, you know, frantic for for dollars to to move around. You know, Arsenal isn't the the best defensive team and they're not the most offensive. You know, he basically they basically fit into that middle road. They give up goals yeah. and they score goals. And I bet you people ab- abandon a ship enough on Ericsson that his price goes down before before the next game week.
1: Yeah. Um definitely a good point. Also, Uh, Since August, while we're talking about Tottenham, we'll talk about Harry Kane a little bit. Since August, every time Kane has blanked, he scored two goals the following match. So for those looking at Crystal Palace and thinking, oh man, Kane couldn't score against Crystal Palace? How's he going to score against Arsenal? I remind you of that statistic, also for those that are planning on taking the, the armband off him. But also, please remember Harry Kane's recent record against Arsenal, which I don't have in front of me, but as a Spurs fan can remember, is quite ridiculous. I, it seems like mm-hmm. he scores in every London derby. Um, yeah. So uh, while we're saying you know you can waffle on Ericsson or Ali, I would very much disagree with shifting off of Harry Kane at this point.
2: Yeah. The, the funny thing about Harry Kane is he's got seven blanks and four games with goals, and all the all eight of his goals have been multiple goal affairs <laughs> in four yeah. games. Yeah. So
1: week three. He scored none. Week four, he scored two. Week five, he scored none. Week six, he scored two. Week eight, he scored none. Week nine, he scored two. He just scored none in week 11. So we're not saying one goal. We're saying two goals against Arsenal. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, it, it's not out of the realm of possibilities at, yep. at all. So. Yep, for sure. Um, okay, uh, do you have
2: uh, some price changes for us? Oh, we can, we got more questions. We could stick oh, with the all questions. All right, let's just keep going with questions then. Yeah. Because there's other news that is, is per. In the fantasy world, I mean, it's real life. But uh, the appointment of David Moyes yeah. in West Ham—do mm-hmm. um, you? What do you think, fantasy-wise? Is this going to have any effect on any West Ham player? And if so, which player are you singling out for West Ham to possibly be some kind, give you some kind of return in the future?
1: Cresswell. Yeah,
2: I, because, I think just because be more of Van Anholt at Sunderland um all of a sudden
1: got better I, I think the defense is what improves here listen there are not many kind things i will say about david Moyes, but in theory he knows how to set up a defense and west mm-hmm. west ham have been very much letting down people like rob who see the upside in their players especially in a fantasy context and then them not fulfilling that um Cresswell is still super high in crossing although i think he missed that one start so he may have dropped from uh best in the league yeah. uh, over the last five he's not even in it um yeah. but totally still up there um but yeah i think uh crestwell because they might pick up more clean sheets um, maybe i mean they did lose
2: theoretically their best their best at home stay at home defender and jose font so, wait so. did they yeah he's out for two to three months oh never mind no i don't like west ham <laughs> yeah i mean there's from from my standpoint, they've basically been a uh, you know they're a disappointment because they're honestly they've changed their gaffer here. So, yeah, um, it's a wait and see with West Ham for me. They have they have pieces that are that are intriguing. You know the Lanzini's, the the Crespo, like you mentioned. Um, you know, Mikel Antonio is is a is a god. I think he's my god new godchild fantasy wise. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a complete hold wait and see with with David Moyes taking taking the helm there. Um, You know, West Ham's schedule upcoming, not fantastic, but, I mean, they're at Watford this upcoming week after the international break. And I know it's not going to take one week to figure out what West Ham actually is. Um, It's going to take multiple weeks to see what they do. Um, But after Watford, they're home to Leicester, they're at Everton, and then they're at Man City. Um, Yeah, welcome back to the Premier League, um, (laughs) David Moyes. Those those are not three, four easily – easy fixtures for anybody. Watford is playing way above themselves right now, and they're way better than West Ham is talent-wise in fantasy and in real life. Leicester is no joke at home. Everton, you know, on the road, eh, they're kind of in the weeds, you know, trying to figure out what they are. And Atman City, yeah, no thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Also, while
1: I was just looking up uh, the crossing stats and the creation stats, Gilfie Sigurdsson, a surprise entrant in the top 10 of both. So, uh... If, if Everton bring in a manager that's halfway competent um, from things I'm hearing it still sounds like Dice. external reports not seeming to indicate that so not really sure which way that's going to go um, but if it did end up being Deich he he doesn't mind either 4 4 twoing ing it or a four five one with lots of crossing and since yeah, well, they continue to play Sigurdsson on the left wing yeah. that could get interesting quickly
2: yeah I was going to say Sigurdsson has moved to the wing more from a more central role there so that's probably why his crossing stats are up mm-hmm
0: So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds
2: here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a
0: thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How it you get 30, 30, how get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? Sold! Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Uh, oh, speaking of Everton, we we don't know who the gaffer is yet. Uh, do you see yourself trusting any Everton player anytime soon? No. Yeah. No,
2: they just they are not they are not comfortable in their own skin yet, like form wise, um, they, like you know how teams come into the season and they're completely gelled and everybody knows where they're playing. Then the, then take Everton and they lose their manager and basically they lose their you know I'm not going to say their cornerstone or their keystone, but they lose the guy who basically led them to believe that this is the way we're going to play. So now they have to start over, reanalyze who's going to play what what and where and how and and why, and they're not they're not there yet i mean th- there's pieces there that are intriguing enough you know calvert lewin still love him uh, <laughs> defensively baines you know took scored a P- pk yeah. be interesting to see if, if baines stays on penalty kicks going forward which gained him so much value two years ago when he basically you know scored what four or five from the from the from the spot um yeah but there's nobody there that i'm like drastically trying to figure out how to get in my team Listen, if you want to be a complete differential and go with an Everton player moving forward, by all means, go ahead, because there's tons of differentials there. I don't think any player there is ownable or owns more than 10% of actual live teams. I'm sure Wayne Rooney probably is is one of the most owned guys there, but it's probably because everybody is dead and, and like, I want Wayne Rooney on my team, and then I'm going to quit. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it's yeah. definitely... It, it's a tough one with with Everton. Yeah, um, yeah. On the other side of that coin... Leicester brought in a new manager, a yeah. friendly face from last year, Claude Puel, who you may remember from being angry at him for not playing Tadich consistently, uh, will be <laughs> playing Mares consistently, and Mares has been doing quite well over the past Fantastic. few weeks. Um, at 8-4, are,
2: are you willing to buy in yet, or do you still want to see a little bit more before jumping in that pool? Well, the funny thing is, if you're going to buy into a Leicester player, I mean, now's the time. Their, their schedule only get, gets a little harder. You know the next coming weeks, they have, they're you're not going to bring them into. I don't think the face city this this upcoming yeah, game. City
1: week. and Spurs, two the next three. You
2: know, and they have Burnley after that. So I mean, that's Burnley does like to put the put the defense on. So I mean, three out of the next four are, are cautiously optimistic. You have West Ham, Newcastle mixed in there too. Um... Yeah, I mean, I'm, two goals, I'm three assists
1: in the last four. Oh, no.
2: I'm, I'm not saying that, that M- Mahrez legitimately looks like a, a better fantasy asset. I think that because of his past reputations, he's priced himself out of a, a usable market is what's going on. And 8.4, he's, he's hard to own because are you going to want a, a Leicester guy who will get you one goal or an assist every week or – are you going to invest that money and bring in the leading point holder for midfielders? And that's Leroy Sane, which Mm. isn't that much of a price difference. Yeah. Um, I know you're limited by how many city players you can have, but you know, when, when it's apples to apples, midfielder to midfielder, it's not even a question, but Marez has been playing some very inspiring fantasy ball. Um, You know, you know, Jamie Vardy is lying in the weeds. He does just enough to, to warrant not me, not kicking him off my roster. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, the time to own mares was that stretch and now is the time to probably you know matriculate down to something else that is equally valued um, somebody you have a speculation on somebody somebody in that you know 8.0 to 9.0 re- price range and it's funny that, that with the return of Sadio Mane i mean what is a better pivot than that going right to Sadio Mane at 9.3 i mean and I it's a little more expensive but you know with mane re- mane returning and Liverpool, you know, showing out, I know almost the whole world owns Mohamed Salah. And basically, <laughs> uh, I I read something, but if, if the transfer rate continues for H- Mohamed Salah, he's going to be the most owned player in the official game by kickoff next week. Oh, uh, interesting. Th- so that's interesting. He's going to take over Romelu Lukaku. Um, but yeah, Sadio Mane return is interesting there. It, it adds to the conundrum, or it helps the conundrum, because he, he makes everyone around him better. But yeah.
1: Interesting stuff. Uh, you mentioned Vardy there. Are are you gonna pivot off him before this rough stretch?
2: You know, I, I'm waiting to see what, what materializes from the international break. I like to read as much news as I possibly can from you know multiple sources. You know, whatever whatever your source of information is in, in you know Jolly Old England, you know the Guardian or any of them newspapers that are actually very well you know written in, and they they delve into stuff because they have guys who just cover the teams. Um, where we just broad-based it and look at it from a, ooh, do something good for me now, fantasy geeks. Um, but yeah, I, I'm wait I'm going to wait because I, I want to see what, what this week of information has. There's a lot of people on my team that I'm worried about. And I think we basically talked about all of them right now. We've talked about David Silva. We talked about Christian Eriksen. And now we bring up Vardy. And there's an interesting, there's a fourth one on my team that I, I want to bring up because because of his ownership, he, he's owned in 90% of leagues, and he he kind of falls into that Man City category where you handstring yourself to which ownable, which city man, man City players are ownable. And with the suspension of Nicolas Otamendi,co um, and his ownership rate 19%, which is basically one million players in this this game, um, price tag is five, five dot whatever you bought him in at. Are you are you waiting? So the suspension is over, you know, basically kick him to the to the bench for one week. Or are you are you comfortable replacing your basically one A defender with uh, a nice lateral move into somebody that you can afford?
1: Um, I, I just up front uh, have yet to own a city defender, despite the fact that I've kind of been on them for weeks now. Um, different thing in the goal game, but we're not going to get into that now. Um, I would probably move to Os and I think that's the obvious move for a lot of people. Um, if if people are still Worried about the David Luiz thing after Conte's comments. Yeah, I that's, think Azpilicueta is the move there as well. Listen, Azpilicueta has five assists this season to Alvaro Morata. Like, directly. That is the most common occurrence of an assister to goal score in the Premier League this season. Um, not only that, Rob, you know, I've, I've been saying this whole season. As soon as Chelsea started keeping clean sheets, Azpilicueta would become a must-own. And mm-hmm. now it's two in a row. Like, this, this might be that time. Sure, they have Liverpool... Um, in a couple of weeks uh, but then they only will face two more top ten attacks before Christmas mm-hmm. um, so I, I think right now oh and by the way city haven't kept a clean sheet in their last two matches at the same time this has happened i feel like that shift is finally starting to happen um and i feel like the odomendi suspension may be a blessing in disguise to get you shifted off them onto the the chelsea defense listen this manchester city defense is much better than we usually think of them having much like the saints this year for anybody playing Mm -hmm. american fantasy football um but yeah, for me, I think now's the perfect time to shift over to Chelsea. And if you're shifting over to Chelsea, I don't know why you'd switch over to anyone other than Aspilicueta. Um, oh, unless uh, Costas' price is low.
2: We're it's seeing. not. It's 6.0. Oh, no. Queta. <laughs> well, Aspilicueta well, is, is very expensive. He's 6.7. The three most common transfers now, right now in the FPL universe for mm. Otamendi out are Phil Jones, Kieran yeah. Trippier, and John Stones. So they're all basically right around... I don't think people who own Otamende have enough money to invest to get to go to to get to get to Fair enough. Uh, don't um, don't, people, don't switch to
1: Trippier. That's the, listen. No, you do I'm not just, want I'm to just, play the Tottenham wing back game this year. You just don't. yeah. I'm just I'm just reading the, uh, the yeah. No, the no, most, I, I got you. Um, Stones then, is an interesting one because he keeps scoring goals in the Champions League. Yeah, I'm sure you're just hoping that at some point that'll cross over. Uh, Phil Jones, I feel like you already missed the bus there. Although I, I assume he's still the cheapest option in that defense
2: uh basically yes yeah let me just check well he, i mean let's you count ashley ash ashley ashley young <laughs> oh snap let's but see. he's not but he's a, midf- he calls oh,
1: he's a midfielder. oh yeah. um, he's solicited as midfielder interesting uh so you mentioned how expensive azpilicueta is here's a kind of cross-positional either or oh we could do either ors here um <laughs> cross-positional either or would you rather have azpilicueta or Richarlison? Oof. because they're they're it similarly depends. priced
2: yeah, it depends on what you have set up through the midfield, where where Richardson would fit in. If you're bringing in Aspaluqueta, he's basically your your one, two, or third defender that you're starting every week, regardless of opponent, because of his returns. Richarlison, for me, is based on just based on his price. If you own a Salah, uh, an Erickson, or you know, and we'll just throw somebody else in there, David Silva or Raheem mm-hmm. Sterling. You know, and then Richarlison is your fourth guy. You know, based on opponent, is it not a better gamble to maybe go with your fourth defender based on Magic or your third striker? Or it all depends on your your roster structure for Richarlison. I think he's basically uh, for the next two weeks until Dini gets back is a must start. I think he's I think he's more uh, likely to to be a boon to mm. Watford where Deeni takes some of the you know the touches off his feet, touches off his head. Um, especially in, inside the box, um, but I, I love what Aspoloqueta's is doing. You know, he's very he's very Spanish oriented. He only kicks it kicks it to Spanish guys' heads. Um, so, you know, but yeah, I mean, they're both to 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 back that up. I think both Richarlson and Cesar Aspoloqueta moving forward are pretty much staple items. If you look at your defense, I think you need I think you need an Aspuliqueta. I think for for based on his price, I think Richarlson and Pascal Gross. And you know if you're still believing in like a Matt Ritchie or somebody like that and that price range are a staple item. You need a, a midfielder in that you know five to 6.4 price range to, to levy out the the masses there with the lot the prices of the Liverpool, Spurs, Man City, and you know if you're buying into Alexis Sanchez or Enes I don't know why you're listening to this podcast because we told you weeks ago don't do it. Um, but if you're in that you know if you're in that neck of the nape, then yeah, definitely you're definitely doing it. But for for my money right now, Cesar Aspoqueta, and I think I said this a month ago. I think that, I thought that Cesar Aspeta was probably one of the best fantasy defenders mm. based regardless of price. And he's better than Alonso. He's better tons better than Alonzo, especially this this year, giving point returns. But yeah, Aspoquet is a staple. Richarlson is probably a staple because I love out of position guys. And I love the out of position either or because it, it, it makes total sense because I wanna uh, it, it, it's how you build your team that each part is more important. If, if you need a defender like us, to cement your, your back line, but his price tag is kind of heavy. You know, people don't like to invest you know, or cement all their money into a defender because they like to you know, look at all the shiny parts up top. And then that's where Richarlson fits in. So it's all about lineup structure. It always mm-hmm. has been. It always will be. Week one through week 38, everybody builds their team differently how they like. Yeah.
1: Because um, uh, they just didn't either. Or I may as well just keep rolling with them. Um, Sadio Mane was a surprise uh, full starter at the weekend. We thought he was going to get about 30 minutes. And we thought that because Jurgen Klopp said that. Um, But now he is fully back. Would you rather have Sadio Mane at 9-3 or Salah at 9-4? Easily,
2: Mohamed Salah. Mm -hmm. Easily, easily, easily. I think that Mane, what we know from from Mane is is great and fantastic. But it almost feels like we're waiting for him to break down again. Every time I every time I read anything about him and speculation about fantasy outputs and what is he, what people expect from him, there's always like that dot dot dot. What about what? Why wouldn't you just go Muhammad Salah instead? So based on what Salah is doing, what we just saw last weekend, Salah is not going to slow down. I don't think he is. Um, and Saudi Mani is only going to add to what Mo Salah is. And from that standpoint, I'd rather own Salah. Yeah,
1: I think that's a very, very fair point. Um, if you could pick either of them or Ericsson or Ali, so either of the two Liverpool mm-hmm. guys versus either of the two Tottenham guys, I assume you're going Liverpool.
2: Yeah, I'd probably pick Salah only because I think that what Liverpool does and has done and what consistent consistency has done. Listen, Mo Salah is basically giving you the returns that we thought Della Ali was, was going to mm-hmm. do this year. Yeah. So, And I'm going to buy the guy that's doing it right now rather than I what the guy I think may do it.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, Salah right now, uh, top five in shot accuracy, um, which is always nice, especially from a winger. Uh, also, I've been starting to get into this, uh, new stat, touches in the box. Um, Salah mm-hmm. al- also in the top five of there. Uh, the other names joining him, uh, and Sterling, unsurprisingly. Richarlison actually leads the statistic with 49 touches inside mm-hmm. the box and newly minted striker, uh, Wilfried Zaha for Crystal Palace. Um, mm-hmm. And, oh, and speaking of Crystal Palace, actually, um, Johan Kabay now has the most accurate crosses over the last five matches. Wow. I don't, I don't like Hodgson. I don't know if they're going to stay up or not, but statistically, things are starting to look a little better for Palace. I'm not saying by, yeah. in, by any means yet, but just kind of, kind of keep an eye on that. Um, then, uh, we already mentioned Aspila If you had neither, would you rather purchase Azpilicueta or Valencia at Manchester United?
2: Uh, Azpilicueta. Yep. Like, he's, like this is a perfect example of when Chelsea start getting a clean sheet. And the funny thing is, there's actually so so much commotion right now in the back end for for Chelsea with de, the David Luiz news mm-hmm. that you know basically he has no future here, and it brings up the 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 Christensen price tag at five dot four. He's yeah. now the cheap entry point into that you know Chelsea defense, which has a decent stretch of games here, like Kevin mentioned. You know, two top 10 defenses until Christmas. That's that's some telling stats. This is where Chelsea make their bread and butter is on defense. Yes, they have shiny parts that score goals. You know, in previous years, Diego Costa, Edna Hazard, you know, Pedro. Now they have Maratta. But listen, Chelsea is a very good defensive team. Look at the names on their and roster. Conte is back. Yeah, and Conte is back. They are a completely different team. I've said this since he left. I'm like, Chelsea's going to struggle with him gone. Did I not say this to you like three or four times in yeah. every game we've watched? Um, but it's it's... With Conte back, it's basically, you know, like a revolution for their defense. And now that I think that Luis is probably on his way out, and now that Christensen's pretty much cemented his place there, I think that they're gonna be more of a cohesive unit without the turmoil of basically shifting parts in and out. I think David Luis is gonna play, but just not in Premier League games. He'll probably be cup you know you know, mm-hmm. in the cup games and, and maybe see some Champions League play because he does have a that, you know, that field generalship. That a lot of Champions League games require, but you know, yeah, I'm glad that Chelsea is finally settling in on their their core defenders. This was their problem last year. It took a, it took a, a shellacking for them to figure out what they what they were as defensively, and it took a roster, uh, you know, a, a form change on the pitch for them to be who they are now. Mm-hmm. So now they're sticking with that. But you know, I'm looking forward, it's, things are looking better defensively for Chelsea right now than than, than uh, Manchester United, I think. But basically Valencia is not a bad defender either. But to have a 1A one, one a defender, like I like to say, like he's basically your first choice. He's going to start every week regardless of opponent. I, I'd go with Espalicueta only because he assists.
1: Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. Uh, there are obviously no start sits for us this week because there's no matches at the weekend here. Uh, but do you have any uh, moves you're particularly eyeing right now?
2: You know, basically, uh, like, Basically, just everybody I mentioned on my team right now that we've mentioned on the on the on the podcast that's you know struggling or in turmoil or suspended. You know, I do own Ode Mende, I own David Silva, I own Ericsson, I own Vardy. Yeah. Um, there's there's some guys that I there's some match matchups this week. You know, fixtures that I lo- that I like and I think that you know I can monopolize and, and take advantage of. You know, I like Burnley's fixture. It brings up a point. It brings up a good point. Is now the time to go? You know, heavy and in, heavy invested into Burnley defenders. You know, with with mm. Stephen Ward being basically universally owned now. You, but he's you the one getting all the bonus points. It's nonsense. M- me and and Lauten is getting bonus points, and 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 our heavenly father in goal. Um, you know, it <laughs> is it would you would you be opposed, Kev, if you had a wild card right now to having Pope and two two Burnley defenders on your team? Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'd be fine with Pope and one defender. I think two's is a bit much. Um, I actually had to face this choice. I, I didn't really have a move I wanted to make last week um, but I still had Kieran Clark in who then stopped starting and then now with LaSalle's out may start starting again but that's a whole different thing. But I was looking through a whole lot of 4-5 or five defenders and I don't want to freak people out too much because I've been very anti them historically but I actually brought in Alberto Moreno Wow uh, uh, should I know better yeah obviously um the Liverpool's defensive metrics actually getting better a large part of that probably because Lovren uh wasn't starting um but they also have a pretty nice run aside from the Chelsea match um and at 4-5 mm-hmm. I thought it was an interesting punt also having watched him in the Champions League he's been racking up assists in the Champions League and he's only 3.6 percent he's four out five. anyway I let my numbers yeah. self talk me into it instead of the football self (laughs) um, to be honest but when I had the option to bring in another four or five I did look at me Um, I already own Ward uh, but I I just I was too too gun shy on doubling up on Burnley especially with you know kind of circling chance that uh, Dice leaves I don't know what a post Dice Burnley looks like uh, so for now if i had pope and a defender already i'm fine staying with it if i only had pope you should probably bring in a defender Or if you're looking for potential attacking output me if you're looking for just bonus point lottery points which he tends to get um but yeah for for now I'd, I'd probably stick with just two
2: yeah yeah so getting back to my team um i have two free transfers i banked my my free transfer from the last week um so I have two transfers to go into this week with. I'm fine taking a, a third if I ha- if it involves getting you know all the useful pieces that I need into my team. Um, so I mean, there's some pieces I need to move around, but I'm I'm doing fairly well. I'm in the top twenty five thousand right now. Um, so I'm sitting at six hundred and fifty one points overall, I believe, which is which is pretty good. Mm, yeah. It's pre- It's as Larry David would say, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty, pre- pretty good.
1: Yep, not bad at all. Um, For me, I'm kind of looking at a double swap of Silva down to Richarlison and then Vardy up to Aguero, who recovered very quickly from his injury, Um, has started when he's been uh, healthy. And, you know, most dangerous attack in the league right now by a pretty significant margin. Uh, currently, 15 more goals than Manchester United who are in second place. Um, wow. So, yeah, the, this this city stuff. I mean, we, we had somebody on, on the show on the weekend that said, this is the most dangerous Premier League team he can ever remember. And it's hard to argue. Like, I'm sure you could name teams where you're like, oh, yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. shout. But it's it would take a stronger man than me to say definitely not because they have just been devastating. And And the crazy thing is they didn't even play that well last weekend. And Ooh. still managed to just run away from Arsenal. So, yeah, it's a, it's a frightening times in the Premier League. But I think Aguero yeah, it, up top is a
2: solid shout. They they had they had a two goal lead. Then Arsenal scored, and they seemed like it was like almost their mission immediately to get a, a back to a two goal lead. Right after it's, it looked like they had just it, like stopped. They're like, eh, it's fine. It's it's amazing that they could just basically do this at will. Yeah. Um, you know, it it pains us both because we're not you know, Kevin being a Spurs <laughs> supporter, and I'm a Chelsea supporter. You know, we're basically saying, you know, that Man City is going to. I'm not saying they're going to run away with the league, but right now, you know, 11 weeks into it, they look like they're like a freight train. I, I don't see them losing anytime soon. Let's yeah, put it that way. Also, eight points, the biggest
1: point differential at this point in the season ever, and it's against United, which makes it all the sweeter as a. Richard, our city representative, mentioned on the show on Sunday. Um, All right, so those are the changes I'm thinking thinking about making. Those are the changes Rob is thinking about making. Um, We will, of course, be back next week when uh, matches are back in the interim. Be sure to just keep an eye on uh, your international players. Make sure they come through fit as a fiddle. Sometimes the FPL site is pretty good about updating. Sometimes they're not. Um, So just kind of keep an eye on your 11 players if they are doing internationals. And remember that some of these do matter well everybody keeps referring it to as as international friendlies um you still have teams like northern ireland and i think denmark, normal ireland italy. denmark italy sweden um all those clubs uh, clubs all those countries are playing matches that really matter so if you were thinking everybody was going to get rested like half the england team not showing up for their international break uh think otherwise uh but yeah so keep an eye on that rob thanks again for uh, making time Uh, today to do the show sorry to you guys for missing you last week and we'll catch you next time
2: peace